There he is. There, there was one half of the chaos theory with my man Wags being injured today. But Rodney, that's what the team is all about. We all step up in a time of need. As always, they do a great job. Welcome to another edition of Hanging with Hardball Harge. That's right, Hanging with Harge right here on the Texas Sports Unfiltered Network. Make sure you hit us up on the text line, 512-222-9328. And also follow us on all your social medias and give us a like, subscribe. And if you want to be part of the Super Chat, hit us up as well. We always love that. Please like this video and subscribe to our channel. You know, Whenever you believe everything is in front of you, you know, you sit out there and your thoughts are, you know, I got my whole life ahead of me. I got things that I'm going to do. I'm going to be working hard. I'm going to continue to push. And all of that is right in front of you. And then all of a sudden life hits you in the face. How do you handle it? And that will be the question of the New York Jets, New York Jets, excuse me the New York Jets today. And I'm really, really curious to that. It's always, always something to think about because you plan things out. It's kind of like life sometimes. You think you have it all figured out. You're going to sit there. You got your plan in place. And your thought process is, I got time to do this. I got time to do that. I'm going to make sure that I hit this angle with certain things and I'm going to set this to the side because I know that I got time to do that. And then all of a sudden life hits you in the face and you're still trying to figure out how do I handle it? And take, for example, last night we're watching the NFL game. I'm filling out my scouting report because this is the new look Jets. They spent the entire offseason building, mastermind, planning for what's life going to be like with Aaron Rodgers. I was excited about it. I talked about this the other day. I was focused on the fact that Aaron Rodgers needed to be a team player. We know Aaron Rodgers is a prima donna. We know Aaron Rodgers has all these different things that go on away from football. And maybe that was just the comfort level of him being in, in Green Bay and him being able to be the face of the Green Bay Packers and continuing to win MVPs and all those great things. But they placed everything on getting Aaron Rodgers. They were on hard knocks. I became a fan. And my biggest gripe over the years when it came to Aaron Rodgers was the buy-in. Is he truly, truly bought in? Yeah, he won MVPs, but he never really came through in the clutch. Never did. A lot of people always ask that. Well, you know, he's got MVPs. He's won a Super Bowl. But ever since then, He's kind of left his team wanting more. And everybody was talking about his ayahuasca, his retreat, his time away from the game. And I was on record 
of saying, hey, I'm starting to like this guy. People are like, what? You were always against Aaron Rodgers. Very true. But the reasons why I was against Aaron Rodgers was because he didn't seem, to me, to me, I'm not in the locker room with him, but the persona that he gave out was that it's me, 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 I, 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 I. And it came across kind of uh, standoffish. I'm better than you, so don't waste your time talking to me because I'm not going to talk to you. And I'm still kind of thinking about that at this time. But the thing about it was he did everything that I was asking of him. He don't know me personally. It's not about me personally. But for me to look at Aaron Rodgers in a different light, and kind of give this guy the benefit of the doubt. I gave it to him because he showed up when they signed, when he signed with the uh, New York Jets, he showed up, he stayed, he hung out. He, 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 he went to plays in town. He kicked it with all the guys. He wanted to be a part. He was immersed in the New York culture going to all these different plays and all kinds of things that you sometimes question if he's going to be that guy. He did everything. Befriended a young Garrett Wilson that was going to take him already in the limelight. By the way, one hell of a catch last night by, by Garrett Wilson from Zach Wilson. The Wilson Wilson Law Firm showed up in that time. But you feel awful. I feel awful for the New York Jet fans. Sorry, guys. I know it's not like they won the game last night. Let's not get it twisted. They still won the game last night because of great defense. The running game was actually pretty doggone good. So that was impressive. Um, Pass protecting sucks, by the way. So Aaron Rodgers. Reason why, if you go back and look at the first four plays that he was a part of, uh, they were in the backfield a lot, which was disheartening. But when they were running the football, they were moving. Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall making a big run. Dalvin Cook looked like he's excited to be there. They're not even using little Michael Carter that much. But the reality of it was. I feel awful for New York Jet fans. I feel awful for Aaron Rodgers, which you never thought you would hear coming from me. Because I, And I feel awful for the NFL because their big story and one of the, if not the largest media outlet is New York City. New York. That's where the concrete jungle is. Those fans are passionate. Every fast fan base is passionate. Don't get it twisted. But they are passionate about their football team. What up, CB? What's up, Sal? What up, Mark? But here's it. Here it is. Where do they go? And that was my question. Where do the New York Jets go from here? What does Aaron Rodgers? Now, dealing with his injury, 
knowing that this is a very talented football team still. I just mentioned Garrett Wilson and what he's become. Alan Lazar making plays last night. The running game. Ground and pound, baby. That defense. And I'll get to Josh Allen here in a minute, folks. Because if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you should be pissed at what you saw last night. And not only be pissed from what you saw, be pissed about what you continue to see. But yeah, I'll get to y'all in just a minute. I'm talking to Jets fans. You sit here, Robert Sala looked like he was lost. He looked like he was depressed as soon as the injury. Rightfully so. This is, you've seen hard knocks. You see how they feel about Aaron Rodgers. You see the looks, the belief, and everything that goes with that. I'm with them. I'm disappointed for them. I'm sad because the story in the NFL was going to be that. This defense is growing. This offense had an opportunity to be next level because you got a, an MVP quarterback leading this team. And the city was ready. And we got shortchanged because of the injury. But as the Jets continue to figure out what's next for them, Will Aaron Rodgers be that guy, that teammate that I've been begging him to be? I've been begging for this. Will he be the guy that will help Zach Wilson? Let's not forget, and I know it's easy for everyone to always talk about how bad Zach Wilson was. And yes, that's that's easy. That's easy. But there's a reason why he was drafted as high as he was. The arm talent is elite. The mental game needs to grow. But is Aaron Rodgers going to be that teammate to help Zach Wilson continue to navigate these waters of the NFL? That is going to be the biggest challenge the biggest unknown because yeah, we could think that Aaron Rodgers was going to come back and lead this team. And you know, but you saw at the very beginning, even when Zach Wilson, who can run around, dropped back and trying to find lanes, he couldn't find the lanes because they were getting ambushed, but they were running. They could run the ball. It's that drop back pass protection, pass pro that this uh, offensive line needs to work at. But the biggest picture for me is what will Aaron Rodgers be for this football team? Is he going to be that ultimate leader? Is he going to help Zach in that film room? Because he's talking about coming back, folks. I don't know how long you're going to come back for uh, with that type of injury. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know your rehab. I don't know how you feel. Uh, but it is going to be the storyline for me moving forward. Aaron Rodgers, leader, coach. You saw him during uh, the preseason when he wasn't playing in the games. He was always in Zach Wilson's ear. Is he going to invest that time to help Zach Wilson and the New York Jets? 
continued this past because that AFC East is still going to be brutal. Look what Miami just did. New England tried to come back and win the game. They ended up losing it. But you can see that they are going to rectify some things. Mac Jones is going to be all right with Bill O'Brien. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but I'm just saying, I think they're going to be okay together. And I think they're going to work some things out. And thank you, CB. I'm going to put that up because that is the truth. Yes, Aaron Rodgers has not won a Super Bowl since 2010. Agreed. There's only a few quarterbacks that have been able to win the Super Bowl, and they have that upper, upper echelon. So for me, I'm trying to find out a little bit more about what's happening with this team and can he help them. Because the defense that they have, we talked about the Dallas Cowboys and their defense and the uh, San Francisco 49ers and their defense and what we saw from them. Yeah, defense can get you to the Super Bowl, but you're going to have to do a couple things here and there and make some plays to get to that that upper echelon of being a Super Bowl champion. Let me transition just a little bit because here's the biggest thing for me. Everybody wants to go at the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody wants to talk about Dak Prescott and how he's – quote-unquote, failed this team. But let's take a real good look and a step back and talk about the Buffalo Bills and uh, Josh Allen. He is a terrible quarterback. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Don't, don't, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. I'm actually about to run the bus all over him. Because everybody wants to continue to come at that with this energy. I'm talking about the energy that no one else has ever felt the wrath of. And I've talked about this before because the truth of the matter is, it's the star on the helmet that is making everybody talk about it. It's the fact that the Dallas Cowboys, even before Dak Prescott, hadn't made it back to a Super Bowl. And again, I get the conversation. I understand it. But everybody says the four-letter network, Fox, FS1, they're all their titles. Is will the Cowboys ever win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? I found this on the web. Even the web is telling me. I found it too. Let me tell you this. The Buffalo Bills have not had an effective offense a good enough offense for you to sit here and pick at the Dallas Cowboys and not talk about the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, y'all's MVP conversation every single year because you want to believe that this is how it goes down. Since Brian Dayball left, Josh Allen has gone back to the Josh Allen that everybody questioned coming out of Wyoming, which, by the way, this just happened to be Wyoming week, that came out of Wyoming to the point now that the question still remains, are you that good? Are you going to be that guy? Can you be that guy? I'm really, really curious to this. Josh has regressed, and everybody is deflecting and not focusing on the Buffalo Bills because they have a great defense. 
They should have won that game in spite of the three interceptions that were thrown and the fumble, which let's get into that conversation, that Josh Allen continues to shoot this team in the foot. I want to give you a little bit of stats. Did you know since 2018, the quarterbacks with the most turnovers, most turnovers since 2018, and I'm just going to give you the top five, top five. Baker Mayfield, 78. He's a first rounder too, by the way, first rounder. Matt Ryan. He's retired now. He may be coming out of retirement. May be the new quarterback for the New York Jets. So he might add some more to this. First rounder, too, by the way, former MVP, has 79 turnovers since 2018, guys. Number three, second round pick, 79 also, Derek Carr, New Orleans Saints, now formerly of the Raiders. Jared Goff, first-round pick, has 80 turnovers since 2018. And your MVP, not saying your, but I'm talking about people always want to put him in the conversation and never, you know, give him the flack that they give our quarterback, Dak. Never give him the, the, the beat up. Never give him... He is killing his team. The team will never win with him. Never says that. Just always pushing him out there to the front. He's the guy. This This is a franchise quarterback. Since 2018, the MVP candidate, first rounder. First rounder, by the way, which means everybody's looking at him as that can't miss guy. Josh Allen has 82. And that's ridiculous. For a guy that all he needs to do is take care of the football. The top five guys in that conversation, they were all first rounders. A couple of them were first overall. And they were uh, a second round pick. Franchise guys, when you draft a guy in the first round, Dak was found. It was put into the limelight early because of the injuries that happened to their starting quarterbacks for the Dallas Cowboys. And all he's done is produce for his squad. We'll give you another little stat right here. Dak also has done way more for his team than Josh Allen has for his. And what do you mean by that, Arch? Well, let's just say Dak's stats are better. Mind you, those numbers that I gave you, Dak has played longer, longer than Josh Allen. And he's since 2018, he's got 80? Come on now, folks. Dak had one season that was awful. Any other year that Dak has played, he's taking care of the football. The way that they beat that quarterback up and not go after a guy like Josh Allen, who has time after time after time hurt his team in the red zone, 
Last night, he threw three interceptions to a guy that's got a bonus in the structure. That all he needed was three interceptions through the season. He had three in his career up until last night. And now all his perks have kicked in. I look this up. Uh, safety Jordan Whitehead. He managed to hit his $250,000 incentive bonus after just one game. He had three interceptions to get that incentive bonus. They put it low because, I mean, he wasn't the guy that has always walked around getting interceptions. But he hit it against Josh Allen, who everybody wants to put in the Hall of Fame and put him as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now, my question is, what's the excuse? What excuses are you going to give me? You see, it's, it's Stephon Diggs. They drafted a tight end. They had a good running game. They got Gabe Davis. They have players that can help him. But what does he do? Turn on. Turn on. Turn on. But nobody is focusing on that. They sweep it under the rug. The people in Buffalo, I'm curious. I'm curious to how you're feeling about your quarterback. Because you put a good defense out there. They make play. But it's hard when your quarterback keeps putting you in these bad positions. Now it's after one game. He can clean it up. I, I do believe that. But this is a, a trend for the Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia that you need to have answers to. He needs to be held accountable. I know he went up there yesterday to the podium and said that the reason why we lost is it's my fault. No crap. You just turned it over every single time. And this is against a team, even though I love the defense for, for the um, New York Jets. They get after you. Robert Sala is a damn good defensive coordinator. He gets after you. But they didn't even have their quarterback that everybody's been waiting to see. And it happened early in the game. So either you let up, you thought it was just going to be a cakewalk. You saw that you were getting pressure, but what did they do to counteract that pressure? They started running the ball a little bit, getting big play after big play, chunk play after chunk play. And if Brees Hall was healthy, he would have taken that one to the house. But what do you do as a football team if you're Buffalo Bills? I'm just curious, fans. I'm curious to what Buffalo is going to do because he is costing you, and he's costing you dearly. He's costing you dearly. So how do you do that? Why is no one pulling him to the side? and saying, you need to fix this. You need to correct what you're going on. What, what is happening to you in these situations where you continue to turn the ball over? I don't know. It's a great mystery to me. It is a great, great mystery. And this week, the Dallas Cowboys are going to take on the New York Jets at home, at Jerry World. I know that they're not going to have uh, Aaron Rodgers, but that defense travels. 
This is going – take the under, folks. Take the under. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking the under because both of these defenses are going to have battles. And they're both trying to be the number one and number two ranked defenses in the league, uh, them and the San Francisco 49ers. So just make sure that you continue to follow them and, and check that out. Um, I want to transition real quick, but first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to the folks over at Covert BK. This Friday, make sure you get out to Covert BK. Last week, we had Michael Griffin out there. This week, we're going to have the one and only Casey Stutter. Make sure you get out to Covert BK. Go to covertbk.com. You can check out the latest specials and the inventory, or you can just stop by there and see it for yourself. Come out there this week. Uh, you know, it's it's way out yonder, man. It's in BK. So it's 42 acres of beautiful hill country in BK, Texas. So make sure you get out there. They have three state-of-the-art dealerships that are out there that are servicing seven uh, brands. And that include Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. In addition to those seven brands, they also have Covert, also has a Ford dealership in Hutto, and they also have a Ford and Lincoln dealership in Austin. And of course, make your way out to Bastrop. Wherever you're looking for a car and whether it needs to be serviced or not, because they got 86 bays out there at that BK location, BK location. So if you need to get your car serviced while you're out there hanging out with Casey Stuttered, last week, Michael Griffin gave us a Q&A. So Casey may do that. And make sure you get out there this Friday, 1130, to do a meet and greet. Covert BK, go to covertbk.com. Now I want to transition. I want to get back into the conversation of the Texas Longhorns. And Coach Sark had a chance to reflect yesterday. I thought it was a big part of uh, getting back to work, right? Everybody's been telling this team how great they are. Hugs and kisses and salutations are all out there for this Texas Longhorn football team, which I'm going to be honest with you, it probably should happen. But I'm also in the in the mindset of making sure that you guys, not you guys, the players understand that that is over now. That's over. Yes, enjoy it. Bask in it. Make sure that you understand um, you worked hard and you deserve the celebration. You've worked hard and you've gotten to this point. You've earned this stuff talked about it last week and I talked a little bit about it yesterday. You have to make sure that you are there. You are there in the moment. Now we got to we got to regroup and you got to repeat it. You have to make sure that you're dialed in. The work that you put in last week for Alabama, you showed us. You have to bring that now. Because this Wyoming team even though their coach was saying how great Texas is and how he used to be in Nebraska and he's seen these teams for over 35 years and he is patting you on the back. Oh, this is the greatest team. Don't buy into the hype because when you have older guys like a Wyoming football team that know that you beat uh, Alabama last week, that can come into your home, and try to kick the furniture around like you did in Tuscaloosa. You can't fall into that trap. And Coach Sark 
actually tried to break that down and let us know that, hey, you got to make sure that you dialed in because this is going to be another one of those weeks. We got a really tough opponent. Um, you know, that, that challenged you a lot of ways. Coach Bowles, a tremendous coach. He's got a really veteran football team, a lot of fourth, fifth, and six-year seniors on their team. Um, as you know, we've touched on, really well-coached, hard-nosed team. They make things challenging on you because they execute really well on both sides of the ball as well as on special teams. So, um, great challenge. Uh, you know, 2-0 team coming in here confidently. Um, but for us, like we talked about to the team, you know, that, that, that one game – isn't going to define our season last week. What we do moving forward, um, you know, I think championship teams continue to improve as the season goes on. And we've got goals and aspirations of, of being champions this year. We've got to continue to improve this week, and uh, that was the starting point here this morning. Sign of a well-coached team, week-to-week improvement. Can you repeat and add a little bit more to your tank than what you gave last week? Do I expect a little letdown course, maybe initially, but I don't see it happening that that way. I see this team being prepared. I see this team going out there being sharper because they've talked about the goals. If you go back and you listen man for man prior to the season, every player that got a chance to talk, every coach that got a chance to talk before the season started, Their ultimate goal was to play in the Big 12 championship and win the Big 12 championship. As Coach Sark said in those opening statements about Wyoming, last week's game doesn't make or break your season, but it puts you in the right place mentally to know what you're capable of achieving. We had Norman Watkins on. My boy Norman Watkins was on last week. I know, ladies. I know. I'm going to get him back on for y'all because y'all didn't get a chance to actually see him. You just heard him. But I want y'all to see it, all the essence. Dr. Eckert would be be proud of his smile. That's how my boy wrote. But he said you got to start visualizing everything, manifesting it, believe in it. Put it in your mind to work to that level to put you in that moment. Those moments don't stop after last week. Those moments start every morning when you get up. What's your word of the day? What's your preparation for the day? And that's dominate every single day. You heard Deion Sanders talk about it, and I'll get back to Colorado here in just a little bit, because they put some numbers up that they challenged Texas in the numbers, and you'll understand what I'm talking about if you hadn't already seen it. But you got to manifest this stuff. Coach Sark talked about his team and what he believes in his team and how this team looks to him. He had envisioned his team looking like this. He, he, he had envisioned his team forming at this level. We've all been waiting for it. We've been waiting on that mindset. We've been waiting on those goals. We've been waiting to see what Quinn yours, when he does connect on the deep ball, how elated are you going to be? Do you feel like you're ready to take that next step? And Coach had the opportunity to talk about what Quinn, yours, where was his mindset? What was his poise? And we had thought about it before because Quinn got interviewed last week and it was the, what if I would have finished the game? How would it have looked? How would I perform? Yes, I was going good. 
but where am I now? How is this going to work? And this is one of the things that Sark said about Quinn and how poised in his mindset. I thought Quinn was very clear-minded going into the game. I thought he had a really good understanding of what we were going to do and, and why we were trying to do it. I think he assumed his responsibility with a lot of the pre-snap things that we were doing in the ball game, um, which in turn, uh, I, I'm remiss for not mentioning this at the beginning, to go into that environment and to have zero pre-snap penalties, uh, that, that's a credit to our offensive football team. Um, you know, there was no self-inflicted wounds that way where, uh, on the flip side, we kind of saw it for, for the home team. So really, and a lot of that credit, I think, goes to Quinn. His poise, his composure, how calm he was, uh, I think, kind of went throughout the entire offensive football team, and everybody felt comfortable because he was. But I think that same feeling led to him being technically sound in the game. I thought his pocket presence was good. Um, like I said, I thought there was a moment there um, late in the second quarter and we were a little bit backed up. There was a player or two where I felt like he got a little bit antsy in the pocket um, and, and a couple errant throws. But, again, it's two weeks in a row now where that was the last drive of the first half. We got in the locker room. He kind of got refocused, resettled down, and then went and played a really good second half. So I think that's a lot of real growth that he has shown from last season to this season to kind of recalibrate, recenter himself, and then come out and play a really good second half after maybe not being as sharp as he could be there late in the second quarter. Yeah, that's called maturity and that's growth. That's understanding, uh, having a grasp on what you're trying to get achieved. That's what I liked. There's still some things that he needs to work on as far as footwork and technique. But again, I think some of those things happen because you, you, you haven't, you've been blessed with an arm. You see it sometimes. I'll, I'll take it to, to football. I mean, to baseball. You see it a lot of times with guys that can get a ball at shortstop and they just flip it across the, the field like they just trust their arm and what ends up happening the ball sails a little bit it, it, it goes up into the bleachers they they just move it in a different type of way right so you want to see a guy step into a throw more often you know you can go and look at some of the videos that are on social media I'm sure all of you have seen them but everybody's talking about look how easy he throws the ball with just flipping his wrist and his form isn't always on point. That's good and it's bad because I still believe that there are times that he misses high because he trusts his arm and doesn't get the follow-through that he needs to get and not technically sitting on the footwork, the foundation that he needs to have. Other than that, we've heard it for a long time. Coach Sark said he can make every throw. The, the the deep ball to Whittington down, I mean, not Whittington, the deep ball to Worthy down the middle. He put enough air on it. I've been talking about it. Put the air, put the air on it. Let a guy like that, that is that fast, just throw it as far as you possibly can with enough height and let him go get it. You don't let a thoroughbred like that slow down to catch a ball. Sometimes it happens, but if you, You've heard defenders talk about it. We had Michael Felder on last week. He was a defensive back in North Carolina. He said, if a guy beat me, I was praying that the ball would be underthrown because that gives me that opportunity. Then you look at the ball that he threw to A.D. Mitchell down the sideline. 
another one that he believed 50-50 ball. You got guys that can go get it. Pinpointed. That was nice. Stepped into his throw, though. The third downs to, to uh, Jordan Whittington. Stepped into it. Made plays. Those are the little things that he needs to continue to work on. He's getting a lot of praise. Got more awards this week. Been named to all these teams. That is great. You want that for your quarterback. But I also want my quarterback to be able to be like a defensive back. Wipe it out. Get ready to get back in there. And let's get to it. But one of the things that I really want to pay attention to this week is what the Texas Longhorns need to continue to, to work on. Everybody's been talking about that running game. I said last week, Texas continue to run the football. That's, nobody runs the ball against Alabama. But they want you to get into a point where you stop running it and they can pin their ears back. I kept saying, keep running it because it stops the clock. I mean, it keeps the clock running, keeps that offense off the field, and you can continue to get the rest that your defense needs. This is the same conversation that they're having in the Dallas Cowboys locker room right now. We don't have to throw it all the time to be effective. Run it. Run the dang ball. And if you do that, it gives you more opportunity to hit those big plays, to set up your play action. And every once in a while, you'll get a big pop. You'll get a big gainer. It happens. Just stay with it. Don't abandon the run too fast. I know we like points. I know we like to throw it all over the place. But we definitely want to see what this running game is. And this is what Coach Sark had to say about improving the running game. I felt like we probably could have ran the ball better if I was maybe a little more committed to it in, in game. But the plan was the plan. You know, we wanted to be aggressive and we wanted to try to attack them down the field. So it's probably a few more passes and shots and things that um, – that because that was the plan, but I felt like we were we were moving them okay, and I felt like if we were in run mode, I think over time in that third quarter we could have started to establish ourselves better. But I think ultimately it paid dividends there in the fourth quarter when we had to run it. I, I'm I'm okay, you know. I mean, this is a big week. This, this team, you know, Wyoming is a very good run defense. You know, I don't think they've given up 100 yards total on the year yet in, in rush defense. So um, it's a great challenge for us. It's a veteran group. They play blocks really well they play well together uh they're very gap sound and so it's going to challenge us uh on a lot of levels and so this is a great challenge for us to grow as a team when you start talking about you know developing and improving your team um and being as versatile as you need to be because there's no telling we're going to run into a game where the elements say we can't throw it the way we, we would like to and we're going to have to run it so we got to continue to improve that yes we love it i love it i love it you got to continue to improve it. You you don't know when you're going to need that to happen. You're going to be up against some elements at times. And you want to make sure. I always go back to, to that game in Oklahoma State where it just kept trying to go deep, kept trying to go deep, kept trying to go deep when you got Bijan in the backfield and you're not trying to run the football. And just like everybody else in life, we all have to self-evaluate. And I'm, I appreciate the honesty that Sark always brings to us uh, about how open his relationship is with the players. 
they talk all the time and he's he's got them to buy in and i agree there's going to be some times where you have to self-reflect and realize i i didn't do the best job to get my guys ready and i was stubborn enough to do things that i knew were hurting us because i was still looking for that you can't do that all the time and i think the the path of this team and what they are are looking at is something totally different than what we've been used to. And so when when you're looking this week, and we've had people commenting on the uh, text line, 512-222-9328. Make sure you hit the like button and subscribe, and then follow us on all of our social media uh, platforms. I want you to really sit back and say, how is this team going to react? How are they going to handle success? What are they doing to the leadership in the locker room? What is the leadership council doing to bring the reality of it? Because, you know, they're getting patted on the back at school, people hitting them up on the phone, talking about how great they are. And they were. And I don't want to take that away from them. But the reality is I'm nervous as hell about this game. I know Texas is a 28-point favorite. The nation knows that. Because we got a glimpse at how how a good, somewhat clean, because it wasn't that clean. There were still some things. Sark will tell you that in just a second on things he needs to improve on. But this team has to get a grip on reality because it's back at home. I had a neighbor come over to me yesterday or yeah, Sunday and said, I really wish this game was on the road. I really wish this game against Wyoming was on the road. And I was like, why'd you say that? And I get it. I know why. But he's saying this will give them another opportunity to go somewhere and focus. Because being here all week, being here Friday, getting ready in games of the Saturday night game, pumping their head full of happiness and joy is amazing. It's great. But you still have to stay locked in. And I think this team will stay locked in. I know I, I keep – trying to bring it back to reality, and I'm going to continue to do that all week. But I want to make sure that this team is is focused on the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is a Big 12 championship, not just the game, the championship on the way out. And then you get to see where the chips fall after you get to the championship game and if you can get into the playoff. This is a long way to go. Every game is now challenging because you you start thinking that you don't stink anymore. And you're just walking around with that Isimiyaki cologne on, smelling fresh, bar number nine, like my man Pimp C say. But there are some things that they need to improve on, and that's what Coach Sark was talking about yesterday. But but like anything, there's things for improvement. We already touched on the offense. Uh, we've got to take care of the ball better than we did. That thing cannot be as loose as it was. Um, you know, we still missed a couple opportunities in the red area where we had chances to score, which is somewhere where we definitely need to improve. Uh, I thought defensively, you know, we, we, got, a, we got a little sloppy in our coverage and, and allowed them to, to make some explosive plays there in the fourth quarter. Third and 17, they, they get a big completion over the middle. And then obviously the, the long, you know, catch and run for the touchdown was just a, you know, just 
awareness of, of what we're trying to do coverage wise and um, you know when we when we play really great football we minimize those explosive plays we're, we're very aware situationally uh, so areas for us to improve no question you know, as we as we move forward yep that's good that's good you got to keep them humbled you got to make sure that they're dialed in you make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and then you go from there that's that's what it's all about and that's why I personally I'm excited about the fact to see what this team is going to be. My homegirl Tanisha said the same thing. She's like, I can't wait to see them on Saturday and see how they come out. That's true. That's 100% true. You want to see what they look like. You want to see how good this team is going to react and how they handle success. That will let me know a lot about this football team and the leadership of the football team. And the reason being, Teams in the past get kind of comfortable, start moving around, start thinking that they've got this whole thing figured out. And then they put themselves in a bad, bad light. And then things change for you. And then you see the narrative of your team change. You see what all these other people are thinking about. And what else are you trying to find out? Those are the types of things that I'm looking for. And Texas, just so everybody realizes, this will be the first time that Texas will be able to go 3-0 and since the Mac Brown days. Huh? Huh? So that's where we're up against. That's where we're headed. That's where we're looking for. So Texas has this opportunity, and it's right in front of them. But can they handle success? I think this is good leader, uh, uh, player-led team. And I think that they're going to have a uh, a great, great run. But this weekend will show me a lot as they play their non-conference. These are non-conference. As they finish out their non-conference, and then they lead into conference play. So that's what we're looking at. And I wanted to put this out. This is courtesy of Horn Sports and Bill Connolly. So Bill Connolly tweeted out the other day. It said, Texas beat Bama in a way Bama doesn't get beat. And what that was is this was the first time that Nick Saban's uh, 223 games at Alabama that the Tide had been outgained, lost the turnover battle, allowed more sacks, committed more penalties, and the worst average field position than their opponent. First time in 200 in 23 games of Nick Saban being at Alabama. Come on, man. Come on. That is that is putting the wood to him. And then I want to put this out here about uh, Quinn Ewers. We were talking about his pocket presence and how he's been poised and looks to be a more mature quarterback. And I've been excited because he's been running the ball to get first downs and making some moves that way. So that's been exciting to me because he wasn't ever doing that before. But Hook'em Headlines put this out. It said, Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers throwing from the pocket this season. When he's clean in the pocket, things are beautiful. He's 41 of 62. That's a 67.7 completion percentage. He's got 565 yards. He's second in the power five with that. He's got five TD passes tied for second in the power five with that. He's got a 122 quarterback rating. 
which is tied for second in the Power Five, and he has zero interceptions. That's doing the doggone thing. That's doing the doggone thing. And that's the quarterback that I've been waiting to see, as I'm sure all the fans have as well. I want to uh, talk about this, too. I want to talk about our friends over at Audiovisual Consultations. You got it's, you got time, folks. Weekend is upon us. Football season has started. You need to get that home theater set up. And what better way than calling Tom McKay at 512-255-8678 or hit them online at avconsultations.com. That way you will know exactly how you get it done. Don't call the big box stores. Don't go buy it yourself. You're probably going to have to have somebody come and hang it on the wall for you and do all that. Make sure your sound system checks out. Let Tom and his crew do it. That's AV Consultations. Go to avconsultations.com or give them a call, 512-255-8678, and let Tom McKay do all the work for you. Him and his crew do a great job. I have it at my house. I think you should do it too. So here we go. So I have a here's a question right here, and I was going to talk about the Texas Longhorns and the Alabama game one more time, and I'll give you that information that I have for you. So looking right here, and it's talking about Quinn Ewers, I'm assuming he's growing, but he still needs to remember. But we all need to remember that he's 20 years old, still has a lot of room to grow at the quarterback position and as an individual and as a leader as well. Couldn't agree more. But with more with all this leadership, a lot is asked of you when you become that guy and you've been known as that guy for such a long time. you got to take it by the horns, man. Literally take it by the horns and go out there and be that leader. I know some people lead in different manners, and that's okay. That is okay. But when it comes to that and being able to repeat, he has to repeat uh, every, all the work that he put in because I, I know the Texas Longhorn fan base pretty well. I know it. If he goes out here and he lays an egg against Wyoming, how quick does this turn? How soon? Is everybody going to be saying, well, we should put it? See, don't do that. This is your quarterback. Get behind him. Make sure you follow him. Make sure you do everything that you're supposed to do to, to lift him up. We saw some of that leadership come out in the bowl game. I know a lot of people are remembering that bowl game and how the loss was. But if you go back, Quinn Ewers didn't play a bad game. There was a bunch of drops. That's when we find out that Xavier Worthy had a broken hand last year. That's where we find out that we had a lot of ailments and there was a lot going on behind the scenes that we weren't privy to, nor should we. But when you are put in that position, and you're the cornerback at the University of Texas, where all the eyes are on you, you have to step up in those moments. And you got a great leader in Sark. He's a quarterback whisperer. So you're going to be able to get all the information that you need. So this is the time this week where you really have to be that leader. You really have to be that guy to say, all right, guys, last week is a wash. We've enjoyed it. They've made T-shirts. By the way, shout out to John Tay Cook. Uh, 
that pitcher is like LeBron and, and D Wade on the no look pass. The X Man touchdown, you see Jonte Cook in the background with his hands up because he knew they've been practicing that. And what did people say last week? We want to see Jonte Cook on the field with X Man. They didn't give it all to us against Rice. They didn't want to give it to us. They was waiting. Now it's time for you to get it all because there's no hiding anymore. You ran trick plays. By the way, X-Man got a good arm, man. That boy could throw that thing. You have to reverse. Should have been taken to the house. Then we have more people in the Heisman conversation. Just like my man Dion in, in Colorado. But let's get right. This is the time. I need him to be a leader. And speaking of getting right, let's talk a little bit about that game against Alabama, what the Texas Longhorns did in prime time. They got an 8.76 million views in that game, and it peaked at 10 million at one point. Now, remind you, that game was a night game, 6 o'clock kickoff. Deion Sanders, Colorado and Nebraska, the old rivalry, was back. They got 8.73 million views. For an 11 a.m. game, Central Time, which means they kicked off at 10 a.m. in Colorado. And now they're getting a chance to play in primetime this coming weekend against Colorado State. College game day is there. Now you had two traditional blue bloods in Alabama and Texas that got 8.73. And then you got two teams that used to be in the Big 8. Then they came to the Big 12. And now they went Pac-12 and Big 10. An old rivalry renewed that got 8.73 million views. That's not bad for, quote, unquote, prime time, doing it that early like that in the most watched ever, most watched game in the history of the Pac-12. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. This is what it's all about. When the eyes are on you, what you gonna do? And both of those teams went out there and played well. I still don't know how this is all gonna play out for Deion Sanders, but I'm definitely, definitely enjoying the ride and watching this. If you haven't watched them, you're missing out. Shador Sanders is a star. Uh, their defense is getting better and better. Now, you can say that Nebraska was terrible. This week, they're playing Colorado Spring. I mean, uh, Colorado State, home of the Rams. Our man C. Brown, Chip Brown's son, Tiger, is an ally. Well, he's still there, but he's traveling abroad. But you sit and you look at it. And saying Dion is actually bringing more eyes to the Pac-12 than ever before. And now, even with Caleb Williams, even with Caleb Williams in that conference, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, who's done amazing things thus far, Colorado's getting all the action and they're being able to make noise. They're bringing people there. They're up in the city. And as my girl said, he needs a raise ASAP. And they ain't even, they ain't even stopped 
I mean, they ain't even started paying him. They didn't even have the money when they first got him. But we gonna get it. I think they got. It. I think what Dion has done has been amazing. And I know everybody's praying on his downfall. I get it. Some of y'all are just haters. But I really am interested to see how this whole season finishes out. Because with each win, he's grown. He's grown. They got Oregon and they got um, USC coming up. So that's going to be a real challenge for him. But I think he's up for the challenge. And if you hadn't understood, you better understand. That dude is a winner. And that's all he strives to do. So don't be don't be taken back by his arrogance. Because he's been that way his entire life. I don't think he's going to change. I want to thank y'all again for tuning in for another episode of uh, Hanging with Harge right here on the TSN Unfiltered, Texas Sports Unfiltered Network. I want to shout out Audiovisual Consultations, Woods, uh, Syntex Tickets, my man Mike Murphy over at Last Stand, Cobra BK. Make sure you get out there this uh, Friday. Uh, Casey Stuttered will be out there, and you know he got some stories. That's one of the wildest dudes I've ever been around, and I love every second of it. Uh, shout out to Brain Vault. Looks like some of those players need to be using some Brain Vault. Everybody running around without their uh, mouthpieces in this year, trying to figure out if they're trying to get concussed. Shout out to All Stat Beer. Relax the back. Bucky, get your back fixed, bro, and just relax the back. Shout out to Top Gun Rental and Lawn Equipment and, of course, 7-Eleven. Get yourself a Slurpee. It's, the weather's cooling off. What better way to cool off than with a Slurpee? Uh, coming up next. As you know, it's going to be Trey and BK. My man BK is always in the cut. How you doing, BK? I'm good. You're saying it's cooling down outside, huh? What, 95, down, 96 yeah. is cooling it, it, down? It's 110. It's not like 110. Shoot. I'm not going outside. I, 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 I'm taking a Colin Kaepernick knee to hey. outside. I'm boycotting the sun. For for the rest of my life, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, you are pigment and you're pigment challenged, so I do understand <laughs> why he would do that. As a oh, brother that uh, that likes to be out there just a little bit, I gotta make sure I stay in the shade, dog. I don't want no parts of it. Dude, what you dude. guys got coming up next? Shit, I don't know. You think I know? <laughs> Come on, man. Nah, we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian. We'll play some of his cuts from what he had to say following the Longhorns' big win over Alabama. We'll of course talk about Aaron Rodgers, where the Jets go from here, Man. and uh, some of our biggest takeaways from Week One of the NFL season. Plus, my guys at Taco Bell doing the world a favor today. Don't be what? bashing on Taco Bell. They're taking care of folks today, so okay. they okay. take Did care somebody, of me every. Somebody still a base. Did somebody, it's not World <laughs> Series time. Nobody stole a base yet. No, no, it's a, it's a, a Taron Achilles get a taco campaign that they're running oh, in honor man, of. Oh, they're such haters. <laughs> well, there he is, BK and Trey coming up next. And just remember, folks, don't believe everything you see because even salt looks like sugar. Peace.